Adam, do you remember The Simpsons when Millhouse yeah. <laughs> tells Bart he's going to see a rated R movie? Yeah, all the kids are really excited. They're about to like, they hop in the back of a truck or something like and that. And rated R movie was? Barton Fink. Barton Fink. That's <laughs> what? what they, really? That's what they're chanting as they, the truck drives off. He's like, hey, Bart, my dad's going to let us see a rated R movie. <laughs> oh, it's really funny to think about how, how Jewish this movie is, too. And it being like a Millhouse thing. I don't know if that was like a part of it or if it was just like, because they do that with another movie I remember, too. Um where they get lunch no, no yeah naked lunch nelson walks out of naked lunch or something like that he's like i can think of two things wrong with that title and it's like those are similar but i wonder if they made it that was your impression of that character yeah hey i can think of two things whoa this is nelson? yeah so that's the first time i ever heard I of barton fink you know when i was a <laughs> little too. kid but uh i watched this movie a lot like in middle school i used to have the independent film channel and they would just play it like all the time so i grew up like lo loving this movie um it's kind of scary it's it's kind of scary it's a comedy it's a black comedy but i this is the last movie for the la jobs month we're doing and i like i was really struggling to think of a fourth movie because it's like yeah obviously there's a lot of hollywood movies and like you know there's the player there's Mulholland Drive. Those would have been good picks. But like Barton Fink is right. really good because it's like a guy I really like in Repo Man, how he gets the job and then he has to like live with the job. And I like how in this movie he like he's a playwright. He gets the job going to Hollywood to write movies. And like then you see him Hesitantly. struggle. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then you see him actually struggle with the job. It's not just like the player where it's like, yeah, he works in Hollywood or Mulholland Drive. There's like one audition scene. It's like, sure, sure. this is a movie about a guy who goes to LA and gets a job and it's very specific. And I think this is our first Coen Brothers movies, which is, I always held off on because they're like one of my favorite, you know, group of like pair of directors or one of my favorite directors. And like, I wanted to wait till the show got good for us to start digging into some of my favorite movies. But since that's not going to happen and that's never going to happen, we might as well not just, I can help it. We might as well just burn through them all right now. Yeah. Let's just Go get to it. the think of it. We'll get better. Let's just get to it. Yeah. So, Ryan, you never heard of this? Um, I've heard of it. I just never seen it or knew anything about it. I've just knew the name because it's a funny name. Barton Fink. Yeah. I mean, the Coen brothers are pretty popular. I didn't so. know. I had no idea it was a Coen brothers movie until the credits at the end or whenever at the beat, whenever it, their name popped up the first like one of the first things you see in the movie sure why does he have like a hair i don't know Potter if i saw scar that. on his forehead and the oh that's a mosquito it's a mosquito <laughs> i always thought it was like a, a harry on potter what? scar on his forehead in the poster <laughs> yeah because well, he keeps getting mosquito bites and everyone's like there's no mosquitoes in la oh yeah but there there are yeah there now are. there I, are I, I, yeah honestly probably there probably weren't back then well when you have water there there literally wasn't until they come and go until somebody brought some over on a ship as it happens recently though in like the last 15 years well they migrate no they don't arrive on ships that's terrifying dude bugs migrate no but specifically south mosquitoes mexico and south america they fly up but anyway yeah, yeah so, um Zika. Zika. 
the mm-hmm. appearance the of Art Fink. Heads. We should talk about it. So <laughs> yeah. he's. It's, yeah, I feel like stuff. it's clearly a reference to Eraser. The Beetlejuice disease. Sorry, Adam it's, and I are talking with you. The Beetlejuice oh, disease. Yeah, yeah, that is. They should have called it the Beetlejuice disease. Zika. Maybe they would have thought that was insensitive. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, it Z- doesn't feel good to get cut off, does it, William? Well, did you know yeah. I got it? I have Zika. Oh, yeah, that, you well, were a why baby is your head still huge? Well, actually, but because if, I got stung on my penis. So I have an extremely yeah, yeah. small Beetlejuice like penis. Just, cool. just, a, just, shot, just a tiny penis head. Yeah. I have a tiny penis. Yeah. The shaft is normal, that it's a tiny little tip. And it's shaft is a normal average three to four inches average size. Yeah. 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 Well, that's a little. Well, little I have stripes. Average, I have black and white stripes on my penis. Yep. The zebra, you got that zebra Zika. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, my pubes are have like frosted tips, like Beetlejuice. You oh, got that's that. cool. Oh, you're With going to be Yeah, I thought you were doing a zebra Zika <laughs> thing too. And um, got that Guy Fieri frost. And when I come, I, nice. I blast cool. Zagnut nougat. And you, you, you can only come if you say Beetlejuice three times. Willie Juice. You guys- Willie juice, about, Willie juice, Willie juice, Willie juice. If you want to talk to Willie juice, <laughs> I can get juice. deep. Um, um, all right. So Barton okay. Fink. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Know, so Barton Fink's appearance, I think, is based on a racer head. It's a reference. But I mean, also, I was going to ask that. It looks a lot. Like yeah. He also it's, does resemble a real New York playwright who went to LA to make movies named. Um, Fuck, I already hey. forgot his name. Claude, hey. o- Claude Odette or some shit. What's his name? You know, you know who uses erasers? Writers. Hmm. That could so be what thing. were you saying, William? <laughs> Might be a, a clever little joke. Ben Cohen brothers. They share similar levels of humor. That with he, me. Adam, I he can, used I a typewriter. <laughs> he didn't, there's not a pencil in the movie at all. Pretty sure, I remember there him erasing something one time. Oh, Clifford Odets, that's who he's based on. So, <laughs> Clifford Odets is uh, a writer from like the 30s, <clears throat> he's like pretty lefty. He, uh, cool. this guy was like a very famous playwright who's kind of been forgotten because, like, I'm sure you've heard of Arthur Miller. Uh, yeah, the crucible guy. Yeah, like basically in the fifties, they kind of overshadowed. Like they kind of overshadowed him. There were a but lot this... of um, so like socialist writers in Hollywood in the thirties or something like that, right? Yes, this guy got uh, I think he got blacklisted. Um, he he never made a wrestling picture, so this is something else that should be talked about. In in Barton Fink, his job is to write a wrestling film. Um, this is not a real genre of movie. I mean, yeah, it's like, and it, it, but it seemed like it, he's like he's like it's the most difficult genre of writing ever. Everyone no. just does the same. <laughs> they go they well he because he wants to be all heady about it and like write something that changes the world. That's very funny. And the producers are like, just a fucking B rated movie. Just have like a love interest or an orphan. They were yeah. obsessed with a love so, interest or an orphan. What what it really is though is that it's a boxing picture. Now there is an actual boxing movie subgenre that has existed from the beginning. Like 
because boxing actually has winners and losers and consequences, unlike wrestling, which is, you know, hey, a grift. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. The wrestler, the wrestler w- was, was dope. That's yeah, true. so actually wrestling pictures since Barton Fink, you know, because it's like, if you think about it, WWF in the 80s, the golden age of wrestling, like that really raised the profile of wrestling. So you had like no holds barred. Barton Fink is about wrestling. And say today yeah. is the, the golden age. Well, that's not what it's called, though. I don't know what you today's wrestling called. Now? You like wrestling now, Ryan? No, but I mean, Dwayne The Rock Johnson came out of re- like now wrestlers well, are making well, like multi-billions of dollars. And that was I'd like, say that's pretty that was like 15 years ago. That's like 20 years ago. That's called the Attitude Era. It's still happening. No, it's not. No, the, the, the greatest was the golden era was Hulk, when Hulk Hogan flipped. That was the greatest moment in wrestling history. I was I, that 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 I got pulled back into it in that in that part. I watched it when I was really little and then I got back into it when I was like 15. Smooth, 14. Barton Fink would have been better if Hulk Hogan was his neighbor instead of who John Goodman. John Goodman. <laughs> John Goodman. Also, right out the gate, I was like, well, that dude's obviously a fucking serial killer. Like, right, the first interaction with with them. Because there's just weird noises coming out of his room. There's not weird noises. He's crying. He's sobbing. So when Barton checks into the right, yeah. Barton checks into the hotel in LA and it's like a metaphor for hell. It's just like the world's shittiest hotel. Yeah, the walls are made out of cum. Yeah. What do you mean? What do you mean the a metaphor for hell? Well, there's all these like visual references to hell in the hotel. Yeah. And, and what is that supposed to mean? Like a purgatory, because he never wanted to do it. It's like he is so pretentious. Oh, okay. He is a New York okay. playwright. He writes New York stuff. He you, you didn't catch one of his rants. He, and I knew yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I know like three people in my life that I still talk to today that talk like him, and it's very frustrating to hang out and i'm sure you can know i'm sure you know one of that i'm talking about but uh, of course but like that's the thing like barton fink he wants to make art that will change the world and make it a better place so his that's play, his hell is being his put pl- yeah so he his play gets a good review they read it in la they go like let's just hire this guy to write a wrestling picture which and when they say it's like it's not a b picture that obviously means it is a b picture all he's supposed to do is write a 80 minute very simple movie about a wrestler who you know has to make a choice whether or not to like throw a fight because of a mobster and oh there's like an orphan that who needs money like he should be writing a he just needs to write a very simple genre picture okay and all this shit about like i want that barton fink feeling i want this and that you know that guy obviously Bullshit. doesn't care about it. The the studio no, head is gassing him up. Yeah. 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 So writers, the most important. I love I love all the jokes about like them just roasting writers throughout. Yeah. Like you guys are the most important part of this process. Yes. They build them up and they tear them down. And now it's this was a real thing. This is a real thing at the time. Movies were, you know, it was a new art form. It was trying to compete with the prestige of novels and the prestige of, cause we still had pop art hadn't completely taken over by then. You still had traditional classical art that was respected and revered. So movies desperately 
also being LA based versus the New York intellectual um, base. Yeah, like, they're just trying to get a turnover. They were trying to really make their new industry kind of like the tech industry. They really wanted to be important. So they started hiring all these important and critically acclaimed writers like F. Scott Fitzgerald wrote screenplays, William Faulkner wrote screenplays. And most of these writers failed because a movie isn't a novel. A movie is, you know, obviously shorter, dialogue based. It's visually, it's visually based. And also back then they had very rigid genre tropes they were supposed to fit in so barton fink you know he is he immediately starts off on the wrong foot because he's convinced that his agent tells him like if you do this for a few years you can fund all your communist plays socialist yeah. plays or whatever the hell you want back in new york right so just do it real sell, sell out to buy in situation yeah so he's selling out and that's like, that, cool. that's what it's essentially fucks him. So he's constantly in denial or he's continually in denial throughout the entire movie about like everything, everything. He has no idea what's going on. He doesn't, he know doesn't, what he's his doing. neighbor, his like, well, everything feels weird. Like everything's like, yeah, well, it's all, weird. it's all like manic. And um, they did such a good job of like the Coen brothers of like, getting that anxiety or that like he's such a fish out of water yeah he has no he literally is just sitting in rooms and like everybody's yelling around him and then somebody's like all right barton you did it here's a thousand dollars a week you you're fired to the other guy like that whole scene was yeah 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 so it's very kafka-esque one might say how so i don't know the reference um well it's in the hotel there's he does the stuff in the bad hotels. Which Kafka story takes place in a hotel? The hotel roof. So the difference between oh, this the roach and... one, the roach one. So the difference that between this movie Joe's and apartment? Kafka yes. <laughs> and Barton Fink is that in a Kafka story, the character is just punished because the world is punishing in this story. The character is in denial is arrogant is making bad he's decisions. Narcissistic, so, yeah, he's yeah. making bad decisions and he deserves his punishment. That's the whole point of Barton Fink. Oh yeah. Cause he fucks the lady that one time. And then like, that makes well, it no. way worse. No, 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 no. From let's just go. He's to just kind of, he's just kind let's of just a prick go, at the bar. Right. Yeah. In New York yeah. at the bar, he's full of himself. Man's First of all, humorous. calm down, Adam. Very Kafka. We're answer. We're telling you something, and you're just talking over us. And you're thinking us right now, dude. All... You're thinking our ass right now. We're literally <laughs> talking about how Barton Fink acts like you are acting right now. No, we're Adam all... is very Barton Finkish. Get into you're the thinking point. us, bro. Genius writer, genius playwright. Did you not hear the monologue John Goodman gives? You you weren't listening. You weren't listening. Yeah, you Adam doesn't listen. listen. No, that you don't listen. You're the thing. I bro. was listening. Okay. Okay. I so listening. I didn't watch this. With my here's wife. it. Here's something that Barton Fink does that is a horrible decision at the beginning. He could be in a nice hotel. Yeah. They're like, we'll get right. you a nice hotel. He's like, yeah, no, he goes, the hotel's be... bad. We can move you to a better one. He's like, no, I want to be with the common man. I want to like experience hell. And it's like, why would anyone do that? Bar dude, you're coming to LA. 
you're you probably think? not going to make it in the movie business. Just take all the money you can get, buddy. Like that's what the common man would do. And this is the, um, the, like the, the central, mm. um, not demise. Not irony, not irony. Uh, the contradiction of Barton Fink is that he wants to be the common man, but he never behaves ever like the common man. He never makes one decision. Well, he just he just common man would make. In the exactly. first scene, we need- meet him in the in a tuxedo because it's like his big night or whatever. He's like a fancy yeah, guy yeah. the whole time. Yeah, good job. <laughs> An intellectual. <laughs> You're right, as they say. What else does he wear in the movie? His glasses. Does he work hard? Sometimes. <laughs> He works really hard. But yeah, that um, <laughs> the whole first interaction with John Goodman was great because he's like very timid about letting the guy in, very scared because he's a big and angry neighbor that he just tattled on. But he, they start talking, and then when he goes off, he just keeps cutting him off, right? Like John Goodman's like, yeah. "Oh, I got some stories I could tell I you. Could, I could tell you some stories." <laughs> and then he just keeps talking over about how he wants to be the common man and he's like in his own world the entire movie mm. he's a real um dang yeah he's a, a, in denial yeah he's like adam Bowers. which some would say is the most <laughs> common that? man thing you could do ignorance is bliss that's just be denial. stupid and then cry when bad things happen to you and then blame like god and everything else <laughs> yeah that's that's what the, like the common man that's literally the common man. Why does why do people get cancer and die, bitch? So this movie was written. This is how it happens. <laughs> I don't know, man. This movie was written by the Coen brothers in three weeks when they were writing Miller's Crossing, the movie they made before this. And during the process of Miller's Crossing, they said it got very complicated because Miller's Crossing is like a film noir with lots of lots of characters. Lots of story threads, lots of double crossings. And they they didn't say they suffered from writer's block, but it's a common, people will say like, oh, the Coen brothers had writer's block on Miller's Crossing. So they wrote a script about writer's block with Barton Fink, but. And had no writer's block writing it. They wrote it in like three weeks. Yeah. So basically this movie flows really well, which is that you know it has a really good setup and barton fink interacts with like three people three times and the three people he inter- like the th- the beats are he interacts with the studio head he interacts with like john goodman pr- john goodman the producer and then the other writers that he goes to for advice and then it just kind of like rolls through that cycle which is a much easier kind of movie to write than like Miller's Crossing, which is just like billion characters. I don't, I've never yeah. even heard of that movie. It's good. Um, but it's I like Barton. Like... The thing I like about Barton Fink versus Miller's Crossing is Miller's Crossing is very, um, very dialogue heavy, very, mm. you know, it's very like precious thought... in a way. But I like Barton Fink because it's just, it's so much more of a visual. I thought ride. there was a lot of physical violence in. Um, T.J. Miller's Crossing, or was that that's that good, was T.J. Miller's Crossing? <laughs> T.J. Miller is known a lot for of choking. Yeah, I thought there was stuff. a lot of domestic abuse in T.J. Miller's Crossing. I thought it just had great jokes, great hair, and very funny stuff. You know, 
I love that scene in TJ Miller's Crossing where Gabriel Byrne squirts himself. He beats with a water up the bottle. Uber driver. Oh, <laughs> he squirts himself with a water bottle, and then he has he's covered with water for the rest of the movie. That's actually really funny. That's what TJ Miller did in his comedy special. He takes the water bottle and the, <laughs> the bar stool and just like pours it over his head, and he's just covered in water the whole show. How does he do it? Like that, like that? I don't remember, but. I think he squeezes the bottle and it shoots <clears throat> up, splashing him. Oh, he doesn't just do it directly into his face. Who cares? Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think that would be funny if he did that. It's I'm I'm in. See, I would hate I would I would I'm hate in. to try and describe said, yeah. a, a Mr. Bean set to Adam. <laughs> Get a clear like so he like he like pretended he was like on the beach. Well, how did he? So how did he lay his towel out? Adam would be. How did he? A... How did he pretend to lay his towel? Well, out? Well, if you're he, saying like, that it's very it, funny he... that he did that, that he laid his towel out, I'd, I'd be so like, it's... you know, how? This is something I showed Adam. Also, he watched. <laughs> yeah, it I don't else. remember. But like, remember. imagine it. I don't remember either. So like, okay. imagine if Adam was a cop, and he's just like, oh Jesus, bullshit. witness doesn't remember anything. <laughs> you like arrest every person who calls in a crime. Oh, just showing yeah. people his badge with his toe shoes. Barton Fink. Okay, so let's talk about the actors. We got John Turturro is in the lead. We got John Goodman. Boom, boom. Yeah, we got the dad from Frasier as the drunk. The big writer. Lebowski. The boom. entire Big Lebowski cast. Steve Buscemi as Chet. Yeah. Oh my God! George that scene Clooney where he, that the scene, the intro, the introduction like, to Steve Buscemi in this movie is so fucking funny. He just crawls out of that hole in the ground. Like, what the fuck's down there? Hell. What? So, so what? The hotel is hell. Just the yeah. hotel. Well, okay, metaphorically. So, metaphorically. So remember the shot of him at in the Martin elevator. Fink's mind when everything's going bad and, the okay. and it's just like sinking lower and lower and it's like you never yeah. see the elevator go up you only see the elevator go down and it's like that metaphor of going he's going into hell he's going into mm -hmm. the underworld but he's and not going he's now, not in hell when he goes to the studio guy he's going right? in, it's not hell hell he's going into the underworld now this is something we should talk about in these movies and in this genre of the job film now we have movies like Boogie Nights, and that's a film where the job is a family, okay? He becomes part of the camaraderie of the group. Now, another movie like that is DC Cab, okay? This is a movie about a young cab driver in Washington, DC, who meets all these friends. Okay, but the other job movie, and I don't know why this is, this is just a common thing, Repo Man. He goes into the underworld. He goes into a new, dark, seedy underbelly of the city. He finds aliens. He finds a conspiracy. He well, finds all this crazy shit. And then American Lucifer, Gigolo. It's the city of angels, bro. It's just a direct. It's a direct yeah, like, but bit. That's everybody does. That's always a, been a thing. It's a mental hell that he goes through. But yeah, American yeah, Gigolo. And also he, Holly, uh, Hollywood has all the fucking pedophile. It, it's the closest thing to hell we probably got in America. The underbelly of Hollywood is skeezy, right? My... Look, until you crack open a four a four year old's butthole, right? You don't know what heaven is. Oh my god! 
I know what heaven is. Wow. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. Crack it open like you're ripping a phone book in half. I save. Okay, that's what I heard. Good save. Okay. I haven't made it far enough. Heard and seen on the internet. I haven't made it far enough in the business to actually get there. I can only hear tales. How far did you get? Adrenochrome. Danny DeVito's personal assistant told me in Lina Gelson's that. How tall is Danny DeVito's personal assistant? Six, seven. (laughs) He only hires Amazon women. But anyway, people that carry him around like a little baby. But but here's the thing about these job movies. It's like you get a job. You have to go through the trial. You have to go through. You have to face the underworld. And then you have to come out on the other side. And it's either good or bad, depending on the author. Right. So Nightcrawler, that's a movie in L.A. where a guy gets a job and essentially goes through hell. He dominates the the hell the underworld yeah and he he's comes a out, sociopath yeah. yeah he comes out strong at the end barton fink of course is not he's a loser he's an idiot and this is this is why the coen brothers are absurdist and they think it's funny to watch like this guy he has all these great intentions but he's full of shit and they don't deny he's full of shit and his life is just destroyed by this job and it's not even that much of a temptation he's not even that much of a sellout it's like who wouldn't go to LA to make movies if you're it's not that he's a sellout. He's, I think he's, it's that his his hubris. I think yeah. it is his hubris. Because remember, I was thinking yes, where you're saying, like, well, like, remember at the beginning of his play, he's watching his play and he's like, oh my, he's like so like in 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 like into it and stuff. And then like the stagehand guy, this like old teamster kind of guy, like walks over and like yells that line off stage. Fish, fresh fish, yeah. fresh fish, and then like goes and and he's like, doesn't give a fuck. That's the common man. Yes, exactly. You know, and he like doesn't care. But Barton, you know, Bart, poor Barton. That's the thing. Not poor Barton. The guy's a douchebag. He's just like a privileged playwright in New York that thinks he's a fucking. Yeah, every artist needs to changing uh, the world. Every artist is right with his playwright anyway. Needs to go through the Barton fake play. A play is never gonna change your life, except if you're Abraham Lincoln. A play is never going to change your life. I'm so happy Adam didn't ruin that joke. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I didn't ruin that one. Because Adam could have j- jumped in and been like, no, no, no. Uh, Actually, um, Hamilton was. Uh... Hamilton. Like it, <laughs> Actually, like I Hamlet. saw. <laughs> Hamilton. Oh, Hamilton, the musical. Actually, Hamilton, the musical. Yeah, I bring yeah. up something I saw on Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> I never voted. Actually, the rap right part in Hamilton uh, fucking changed my life personally. It made me vote for Trump. That's how it changed me. <laughs> I watched Hamilton. These liberals like, are going too far. This is no. bullshit. Rewriting history, and this is how you do it. But um, yeah, so art will not change the world. It's hopeless to want to change the world, but I don't know. The funny thing is, Joel Cohen and Francis McDormand. I looked, I was reading their Wikipedia study, like looking for this or researching this movie. And like they adopted a, a Paraguayan child. So they're Both doing together. Their, yeah. So they're saving. Wait, who? Ethan Cohen? The Cohen brothers? Joel Cohen and Francis McDormand, oh. his wife. <laughs> oh, the Cohen I thought brothers you were talking to the Cohen brothers. That was like, that's what I thought you were saying. Okay. I'm not an idiot. They're just really good <laughs> no. brothers. That'd be cool. 
and they just swap the kid out. How yeah, confusing like, for this kid. Fuck. We should adopt a kid. The three of us together, like three men and a baby. It. Yeah. That's our pitch for the to the adoption agency. And it's like a Zoom kid. We show them the three men. <laughs> it's a Zoom kid. <laughs> we up? never actually see it. <laughs> yeah. We do the podcast with them. We just check in once a week. Wait, I thought that hell. So, like, you're we're, we kind of really are zeroing this in is, on this hell being this. about. So, listen to go this. Ahead, say, go ahead. Well, I'm trying talk. to get to a go point talk. and bring it back to the movie. Um, fuck. Literal Adam. So, but wait, I, this doesn't have anything to do with being Jewish. <laughs> well, yeah, you go, you go to hell if you're Jewish. Well, that's why I started using the, the uh, metaphor underworld instead of hell because it's really the underworld that's like yeah that makes it like because the greeks had an underworld you know like in the odyssey everybody's got an underworld yeah 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 yeah. so now about being jewish metaphorically let's talk about the jewish thing so barton fink's jewish the studio head is jewish uh the studio head assistant guy is jewish who used to be the head of the studio it seems like then now gets abused john polito um but John Goodman's not Jewish, and then the cops aren't Jewish. Like, yeah, there's like an Aryan Jewish thing going on. Yeah, so there. Roger Ebert, in his review, says the movie is a. There is a. Not a strong, not a full metaphor, but there's like undertones of like this could be a metaphor for. The rise of Nazism in Europe, in that the leftist intellectuals, the Jewish intellectuals um didn't un- didn't foresee the common man pursuing fascism mm. and just like barton doesn't s- see the danger in charlie so we should talk about john goodman because oh my god so, so fucking awesome. good <laughs> so this is they worked with him before on raising arizona but at this time he was a big star because of roseanne this is like yeah. john goodman at the height mm. of his stardom he's now more of a character actor but, but at he this w- time they were trying to make him a leading man, you know, like King Ralph was around this time. Like this was back before when he was like the kind of fat guy that could do cartwheels. You know what I mean? He was in like the perfect fat guy shape. Like John Belushi or Chris Farley type. Yeah. Kevin James. Jack Black. Go on. Oh, go on. <laughs> Melissa McCarthy. No, keep naming fat people. <laughs> Melissa McCarthy cannot do a cartwheel. Dang, yeah. Women cannot do cartwheels. That's a guy thing. Are you sure about well, that? <laughs> pretty sure. Because I can't do one. Are you, what do you say? Are you a trans? <laughs> this is how you're saying that you're trans. Are you a trans or a res? No, I'm just saying. Like saying this weird a, opinion about cut cartwheels. Or then that's a little callback <laughs> to the Steve Buscemi scene. Are you a trans or a res? Oh, I, yeah, I, oh. I remember. I, so John Goodman's awesome in this movie. Yeah. So the first night Barn Fink's in the hotel, he hears John Goodman crying, like blubbering, crying, like horrified screams, like a prison, almost like a, like that first yeah. night in Shawshank where that fat guy was crying, the fish. And like Barton think can't sleep because it's you. So no, I just feel bad for him. So, he's a serial killer. The fat guy in Shawshank? Why do you oh, think about that oh. guy a lot? <laughs> I just feel it's a completely know. idiotic. That's you know, who Adam is on the I bet inside. he was really I bet it's he was really movie. scared that night and sad. I bet he was it's, really sad. 
and he was in jail. It's a movie. It's not real. Adam, you're not an empath, by the they way. They should do a. Uh, this is this is what an this is what this is what an empath. They picked would, up a lot. Somebody who is trying to pretend to be an empath would talk. Saying that you're. I saw a guy fresh, cry. Fresh guy. Mo- I saw a guy cry movie, and I say, yeah, me cry because guy cry. <laughs> well, I mean, you guys don't aren't empaths, so you don't get it. So I understand. Well, it, everything worked out for him. What happened? He died that first night. They killed him. Oh, they did. Yeah. Yeah. See, it's see, it's sad. So he's so John Goodman's weeping. <laughs> Absolutely weeping. weeping. Barton Fink calls on the the phone because he's annoyed. Instead of knocking on the door, he calls the front desk and complains about his neighbor weeping. Instead of being man man to man or just leaving him alone. That's funny. Leave him. Let a man. Yeah, he, he in checks into this. He checks into this cheap hotel for like intention, Here you know, with this intention, and then he hears. So he could be among the common men, and then it, you know he hears guy crying, and he calls down to go to shut up. Mm-hmm. That's pretty. Yeah. It doesn't feel this clear in the movie. And then, it, and then immediate. <laughs> Wait, are you serious? As we break it down, I feel like. <laughs> are so you obvious. fucking serious? <laughs> Very explicit, dude. And well, then John geez, Goodman like immediately. Hey, hey I mean, look, then... you're a screenwriter. I don't expect you to get. <laughs> you're just a humble screenwriter, Adam. And then the <laughs> movie editor. I'm an artist. I'm director an artist. of two films. <laughs> I don't expect you to see these deep metaphors. I was like, now, we should... two, two joints deep. A couple of tall, twisted tall boys, maybe one eye open. Nah, actually, I watched it pretty early in the day at like 10 p.m. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about Adam. Fun. He's a dreamer. So when he watches a movie, he starts daydreaming. It starts. He starts going that's, on flights of fancy. That's that is hundred percent true. That's called yes. ADD. Yeah, yeah. And um, when you would, and when I would do improv with Adam, or I would just watch Adam do improv, I would see you just see the gears turning in his head, <laughs> and you hear him like not listening, missing cues, not paying attention. And not, you know, how do you get thing. through a day to day? How do you drive? How do you get past a stop sign? It's very hard for him. He's having a hard time. Oh, it's not hard. But I did. I take left a five hour energy or something. to rewatch the beginning. And I didn't do that because I was like, I didn't really catch what they were talking about in that like bar scene and stuff. That's not even that important of a scene. It kind of is. It's just a setup. He gets, he gets the, a job. The then he the okay calls down to the thing. John Goodman's weeping. Calls down and then immediately John Goodman's knocking at his door, and yes. just menacingly standing in the he's, doorway door frame. And he's like, "Did you, did you fucking call? Did you call downstairs on me?" No, it's a, yeah, and it's this relationship that is the heart and soul of the movie, and it is my favorite thing about the movie. Yeah, so John yeah, Goodman absolutely. comes in and is like. Let me and buy then a drink. And he has like his little booze, right? His little whiskey or whatever. Yeah. Whiskey. And um, pours it in like a dirty cup and they're drinking whiskey. And Barton starts talking about like, I'm working in pictures, you know, like I got all this work. And I then immediately do. describes the plot of the movie, how he wants to become the common man. Yes. Verbally says, I want to just get to know the common man. And as a common man talks to him, he keeps interrupting him. We already talked about this. 
Mm, and there's not there's it's pretty literal like they they pretty literally very astute all of the characters we interact with are either in the movie industry or they are common men they're either cops yeah door-to-door salesmen hotel lobby clerks a bellhop or they are drunk writers oh my god we didn't even talk about my favorite character is that guy that's based on uh william faulkner yeah so that guy's dad Rachel's dad, who was born in England but raised in America, you know, yeah. here's some here's a little trivia that's off roading. But I just realized yesterday reading his Wikipedia because this is what I do. I go on Wikipedia runs. That's Mel Gibson was born in America and then moved to Australia when he was twelve. Whoa! That's why he can do such a good American accent. And I was always confused, like, why doesn't Mel, Mel Gibson, Gibson doesn't ha- he has he's not American accent? What does he sound like? <laughs> He can flip Australia. between an Australian accent and an American accent very easily. But in like interviews, he does American. Yeah, because oh, he's yeah, born he's doing, in America. He, he was born listen, in America. He's doing interviews as himself, but he's putting it doing it as an accent. Well, he lost it. He lived, he moved, he lives in America now, so he doesn't have an Australian accent. If you leave okay. your that it's is like a guy fact. But if he gets drunk, I bet it comes out. Anyway, so yeah, we got the drunk. No, we, guy. We, we've heard we've heard when Mel Gibson gets drunk. <laughs> It, he doesn't get. He does. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't go in an Australian accent. He goes in an anti-Semitic accent. Yeah. I wonder if he likes this movie. Oh, he probably loves watching Barton Fink go through hell. Just laughing. Yeah. <laughs> Just with a hard on. Just drinking and getting it. hard. Yeah. So the writer William Faulkner, he's awesome. Or W. P. Mayhew, he's completely full of himself. Bart needs advice. He can't write the script. He's such a fucking idiot. He can't see Barton doesn't actually watch wrestling pictures or genre films. So he can't write them. Oh yeah. And then John Goodman gives him a little lesson. That shit was John Goodman teaches him about wrestling, beats the shit out of him. And then um, the, the WP Mayhew guy just is like, his advice is horrible. Like I just like making things up, you know, and, it turns out his wife, his assistant, has wrote been the writing. last three books. Yeah, his writing for him. That's another common thing based on real Hollywood lore. Like, yeah, there's all sorts of women who've been written out of history. Behind every great man is a um, hot ass, thick piece of ass, juicy ass woman. You know what I mean? One of the jobs back then that they would let women have was editing because they felt it was like sewing, like you would cut and sew film together. So they're like, oh, women would be good editors. So a lot of editors were women. That's how they used to think, like in the 40s. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, but it's also like... a And look how good the movies were back in the 40s. So I just want to say Adam now as an editor is stealing jobs from women. From women. That's true. You're not an ally, bro. (laughs) I'm a piece of shit. I should just die. Yeah, because you That's are doing like you're doing do. like a gay drag, a gay drag, editing a great gay drag show right now too. Which, uh, yeah, I'm you're t- you're stealing so many jobs. <laughs> yeah. They stole. They're stealing the clothes from women, and then Adam's stealing the jobs from women. Yep. It's like a an <laughs> occupation drag sort of thing. Or yeah. maybe as a men's rights activist, Adam feels that men can just do better. I just think, uh, you know, do you think about that, Adam? I think I could show these women a thing or two. 
about wearing dresses. What are we talking about? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff, guys. Yeah, that's what I'm doing right now for work. Adam, you're 100% going to, you're 100%, and I don't, I mean, no disrespect. You're 100% um, going to accidentally leave your kid at a gas station one day. Oh, I won't. Like, forget. I mean, and you're going to get like a block away and panic and then turn around and go pick them up, but. No, no, no. That's okay. If anyone's listening, that would get upset. <laughs> it happens about that. to the anyone's best. listening, that call it happens to the best services. Yeah, thank, yeah right. <laughs> I've been left What's plenty of places forgotten about. about. We need a social worker coming to the house. I've been forgotten about a lot of places. My mom ran a daycare. She always had 13 kids in tow. Would you hang out at the daycare? Yeah, it was at her house. It was in my room. It was like my you basement. Like had to be in. At, it was like you were at daycare. No, I was like doing unpaid labor, helping my mom take care of kids. As like a kindergartner so uh john officer <laughs> officer bowers on the case asking the hard questions the cops in this right. movie are funny they oh, have man. Yeah. very snappy dialogue I'm, talk that much right now. <laughs> I'm sure the snappy dialogue the back and forth probably went right over adam's head i'm just gonna no right? I, I mean it. it it's very fast i did not i got it i got it all you liked it good I liked so, it. And I got it. Yeah, let's get back to the relationship, John Goodman, because I've that is obviously the best relation. That is the foundation of the movie. Is it's those a two deep friendship, or it's like a rich, rich like depiction. Yeah, okay, of male friendship. So that's their first interaction. They become what? friends. Just say things. Oh yeah, I'm just saying. Just, just say. You don't have to say, say words. Okay, okay. I just got done saying. Like I was like, fuck, I was it's like an talk. extremely fucked up relationship. First of all, Barton's a dick. And Barton's John, a dick, and John Goodman is a fucking serial killer <laughs> who sees right through him. Yes, and, and I think he kind of likes him though, because because yes. he's so because well, he likes, he likes, him. likes well, yeah, and he likes how oblivious Barton well, he also says is to the whole. Often, I feel sorry for them. I think he feels he just sees right through Barton and just knows. Yeah. He can, it's like Barton has no street smarts. He has no. He hardly has any smarts. And here's the thing. Honestly, street smarts are... Having a knowledge of street smarts is so important for being a screenwriter and making movies because if you don't understand that shit, you're not going to depict any sort of believable reality. You can't mm -hmm. depict like, you know, oh, that guy's a hustler. He's fucking you over. Like, what are you thinking? Like, if you can't spot that shit, you'll never write a movie. If you're just in your head, like Barton, and you're writing these... Like he says, a lot of writers focus on empty formalism, and that's exactly what he does, right? He's what does that focus, mean? He's just focusing on trying empty to make formula? a point, trying to make, oh. trying to have a message, and not on, you know, a good script, a, like a felt, like a script, like a, a script that crackles or like has any tension, you know, or has any like danger, like. Like I said, all he has to do is write a genre film. It's a very simple kind of sports movie where the guy has to either, you know, a mafia, like look at any boxing movie. It's like, there's a mafia guy who's like, Hey, you got to throw the fight. And then the guy has to make the choice of whether or not yeah. he's actually going to throw the fight. P Pulp fiction has to deal with that raging bull, 
um every, Rocky. every movie every boxing movie we'll get okay the perfect boxing movie would be rocky okay if barton had any brains he'd be writing rocky but it... now oh, honestly he here's not. the thing stallone wrote that right the thing is honestly rocky might be too smart for that studio head i think that studio head would have rejected it honestly oh they just i feel like they yeah they were just like making hallmark movies yes they want a hallmark okay. movie so okay second interaction with john goodman what do they do i'm kind of forgetting Oh, he comes in and says he's got to go out of town, right? Well, first, no, second inter- second interaction to wrestling. He he's like, I got to show oh, you. Oh, yeah. He's like, Jack Oakey. And they're like becoming friends now. I love the second yeah. one because Barton's kind of excited to hang with him because he doesn't know anybody else. He's the only person keeping him kind of grounded. Plus, he gets to like, he feels better than him and he can like spell yeah, yeah, his yeah. lofty ideas, cut him off, not listen to him. God, I really want to talk about a relationship I have with a friend that is exactly this, but I'm not going to. I'm a serial killer in this situation. I'm not Barton Fink. I'm not, it's not me, right? You're not talking about me. No, I would easily talk about that on air. Okay. All right. Go. Imagine if you had a friend that you just tortured every week. Every time you saw them, you just like fucked with them. <laughs> every week. Just, just because he fucking... Called Doesn't. down and down on him yeah. being too loud just because just, of a noise he complaint. Crying. He spends he spends a month or two torturing Barton Fink because this guy's just but a Barton fool doesn't even know Barton doesn't, doesn't even know listen. he's getting tortured. He has no idea he's getting tortured the entire movie because Goodman's not really. That's why I think they were actually kind of friends. I think Goodman actually liked him. Or it was like it was like a plaything for him, you know. You're, th- you're saying when you know, when John Goodman's like kind of like a dom personality, so when he's dom, well, by he the third, I, he wasn't dommed though. He is do- a dom. He's like a killer guy. But Barton right. Fink did not dom him though. Or is that a is that a sub? And eventually, like a, like a sub's revenge sort of way to behave. What are you talking about? Is like, that how you think okay, of friendship? So... They're like a serial <laughs> killer. <laughs> Every friendship is a dom and a sub. Tom and Jerry. Every relationship, they're a, they're a, really. They're a dom and a sub. Every relationship. Wiley Coyote and Roadrunner. Listen to this lizard of a human trying to talk <laughs> about people. Why am I? Uh, Look, it's just are you? from my observations of throughout life. My 30s. What are years. your observations? I, man, I would love an hour to see the world how you'd see it. Are you a dom or a sub, Adam? Dom, of course. No, I didn't ask you. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. The, you know, sub being a sub is okay. But it was dom, of course. <laughs> this guy doesn't. He finally doesn't have to record in a shed in the backyard, and he thinks he's <laughs> in control of the relationship. Is a dom. A dom, of course, when every other weekend he like gets kicked dom. outside. Well, here's his thing. wife asked him to go do laundry just to get out of the house for an hour. They say psychologically you'll flip it library. based on your status in life. So like a low status person would Who be says very this? Who says they, lots, they, science. They? Lots of people. Well, it's like a high science. status person obviously likes to be dominated like by BDSM dominatrix. Like rich executives like to be like tied up and beaten, you know, because Look, I don't want powerful. to be a dom. That's just how it is. Okay. Because <laughs> you have a low status. <laughs> no, I'm like a cool dom. <laughs> 
I'm like, I'm not like trying to dom. Like I'm a like, like a shade, shades of gray dom. No, 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 no. That's too much. That's too much. I don't mean <laughs> like that. I just mean like, you know, I'm, I'm chill. Like I'm, I'm a chill dom. Dude, who? that sounds like a sub, like, dude. I don't know me. It's my own thing. I, like, I'm the only guy that could do it. Hey, I'm Adam. I'm I'm like a really chill dom. Like I'm so chill. Like if you tell me to do something, I'll just do it. Like I won't question it. I'll that's just how do chill it. of a dom. The yeah. insecurity of being <laughs> sub. a sub. If you want to whip me, is very me telling. I'm chill. It's just, cool. <laughs> if you want to whip, me, even if I say no, I'm chill. <laughs> Imagine like this is Adam is such a Barton Fink because it's like. He doesn't. He doesn't want to be a sub. He doesn't want to, you know, but have any John weakness. Goodman relationship. I am a dom. You know, what I'm see saying? the insecurity, like just the like inability to be to just make have any acceptance for reality. Until you accept reality, reality, until you accept reality, Adam, you can't dominate it. Okay, you just got Tony wow. Romo, Tony whatever his name is, the restaurant guy. The, the barbecue, yeah, we got the big head barbecue and inspirational, motivational speaking. Um, I mean, I you guess that's a dom- the traditional dom way of thinking, but that's I'm like a new type and more evolved. Sort of did you? What did you? Just and then say? he's like, a he's covering what? his a per- when a person covers their <laughs> mouth with their hand. I think they're lying. No, I mean, I'm. Right? Do you remember what you're talking about? Yeah, being a dom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm such a dom, I could fucking do that, and it works still. You're a dom, Deloise. (laughs) You're a skinny dom. I I want, I want your wife. I want your wife to walk in the room right now and tell you to do something. Dom Deloise is the ultimate dom. He's like the, he's our, he's our guy that we look all look up to. All the I'm more of like a a beta white kind of guy. Like a Betty White, Beta White. That's but cool. a Beta White. That's cool. I love being a Beta that's man. A good, I don't understand good, why people. A drag character, actually. I'm a switch. Beta White. Can... If you wanted to be a drag queen or whatever, you could be. Beta I'm a White. switch. I can dom or sub. You know, I have no problem. I'm I have, asexual. I have so absolute I don't do confidence in everything I do, whether I'm being tortured or whether I'm torturing someone. It's the only way to go through life, if you ask me. That's a very dom attitude of you, actually. Will. Do you leave? Do you leave the house when you when you know you're probably gonna have diarrhea? I look forward to it. That's fucking. That's nuts, that's dude. a dumb move. Chug a chug a coffee. You're nuts. And then just walk. And then walk out the house and walk for like forty minutes on a really hot, hot day. Any day. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying you get really sweaty. Your pants get sweaty. <laughs> okay, third. So <laughs> the inside of your pants get really sweaty. John Goodman mentions i mean i'm saying this for adam because it everything pretty much everything that anybody says in the movie um either happens or comes back to have an effect right i caught some of those and john goodman says and i think it's in the first or the second interaction he comes in and he's a little giddy right and they're like did you hear the neighbor had a they were having sex or something yeah. And uh, and he goes, it, yeah. Oh, he goes, I must be the pipes. John Goodman's like, it must be the pipes. I can hear everything through those pipes. And then fast forward a little bit. What um, Barton Fink is hooking up with that broad. Yeah. After the one yeah. who's been writing everything. Judy oh, Davis, it, the chick it, from Naked Lunch. 
it doesn't it like who is australian pan away oh man they always sneak in you know doesn't it pan when away they have from sex what? go on adam they have yeah. sex and then it the doesn't camera it pan pans. away to like pipes when they do that yes it goes into the pipes and so like saying, as if it's a pov of the sound so john goodman killed her yes are you serious <laughs> Jesus. Well, I thought it was like uh So then surreal. Barton Fink wake Barton surreal Fink thought. hooks up with her and he wakes up to her corpse. Up with the flame. Blood so the, everywhere. So the pipe Okay, hold on. The pipe thing first of all is a sexual metaphor. It is. That's why that's why it goes into the pipe into the sink. But he also it's, says it's he like can hear everything. Like, yeah, Sean Goodman can hear everything in the pipes, but the other thing that's crazy is that the couple having sex is on one side of Barton Fink's apartment. John Goodman's on the other. Yeah. So John Goodman is just like, it's not like Barton Fink can hear all the other apartments. You know what I mean? John no, Goodman, he's creeping. I, he's creeping. But why is the wallpaper have got, you know, brains under it or whatever? Like that was glue. And, and it's like, supposed to be like the... wallpaper glue or cum or something. It's hot. Look, why is the wallpaper melting? And it's, no, but and like the wall dump. behind it is like, well, isn't like it's fleshy, of, like hell shit. Yeah, it's like so trippy. It's hell. Yeah, because it's so, a metaphor for hell. So, metaphor, <laughs> all that stuff is a metaphor, but John Goodman actually killed the woman. Okay, so here's another thing. That's yes, going, yes, John Goodman is mur- is the murderer. He is responsible and for John all Goodman's the killings. Also in, in hell. Yes, but the cops He's, go in the hotel as well. I think we're the the okay. hell metaphor You're, is only coming from Barton Fink's angle. <laughs> we need to talk to remember, about this. Okay, this the most important part thing in the movie. You have to remember with metaphors and subtextual interpretation, Adam, is that they aren't literal. But so, a, like, if you're trying to figure literal out literal rules, within it. you're trying to figure out literal rules for every single little bit, it's going to fall apart. It's it's like this is what happened when I read Kafka, dude. Kafka. Ho- it's poked all the holes in ca- Kafka's. You're like, did a wizard turn him into a cockroach? Yeah. <laughs> oh, a wizard did this. Why is a man a cockroach? Surely a wizard did this. Okay, so yep. here's what's going on. The hotel is a state of mind, and then it's the hell is a state of mind. So Barton Fink is experiencing the hell of writer's block physically through the hotel and also john goodman is part of the physical metaphor of the hotel and that when the wallpaper drips and the glue pours down there's a scene where john goodman at the end of the film you see his ear like drips bleeding yeah well because he says he's got pussy drainage yeah he like clear he has an ear infection his clear liquid and pours out of his ear just like the the glue pours out Mm -hmm. of the hotel and it's also to skip forward a bit the picture of the girl on the beach mm-hmm. okay so when at the end of the film when barton fink sees her sees the exact same image from the hotel room what it's saying is that the hotel room is transformed barton and he'll never be the same again and wherever he goes he'll he will still have He's a piece be of reminded that, yeah a piece of that hell with him forever well, you so it's see like John Goodman running down a hall on fire scre- with a fucking chainsaw shotgun. or whatever he's got. Shotgun. shotgun. Screaming. What does he scream? I don't uh, know. What is that? 
I'm gonna have to look. Oh, it. Do yeah, you know yeah, the something. life of the mind? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that it? Just over and over and over. He's just screaming that, right? Yeah. Is that a metaphor? Well, Barton says, like, you know, Charlie, I envy you. You don't have to actually worry about the, the life, life of the, the mind. mind. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. like calling him a, a fucking simpleton, basically. Yeah, you just clock in, you clock out. You don't have the pain I go through. Right, right. And this is a guy who he also a, does. He's also never asked John Goodman what his job is. They never yeah, talk about. Yeah, they do. He does. He's an oh, okay. insurance salesman. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's but right. But the cops right. say he's lying. He's not an insurance salesman. Yes. No one, would, no one would hire him. So, um, Barton dismisses him and says, "Like only I know pain and suffering. I'm a writer for a movie. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the hard life of work. Trust me. You don't want. To, you think I envy you, the common man, right? But the common man, of course, has real problems." So not problems that you've invented. Yeah, he's not yourself. getting he's not getting paid a thousand dollars a week Through to sit in a hotel. <laughs> yeah. I, I, remember the hotel costs twenty five dollars a week. Yeah. So he has he could afford such a better hotel. Like you know, if you like go. Well, they yeah they even offered to pay to put him in a different one, right? But he could be in a swimming pool. He could be banging chicks. He could I'm be just saying like, that's his life though. Is like yeah. That's the he wanted it he and he got instead. he wanted it and he got it. And that's like what a fool would ask for. It's like, no, I want to experience hell. Okay, you're now going to experience it. That's kind of yeah. what John Goodman is doing to him. Like John Goodman's listening to him and is like, oh, you you want to see the life of the common man? I'll show it to you. It's it's like a fucking caveman existence of death and murder and rape and pillaging and, you know, decapitation. Decapitation. Yeah, so that scene where... Now we skipped over so much. So the, that amazing scene where John Turturro wakes up in the morning, sees the mosquito on Judy Davis, <clears throat> slaps it really hard, and she doesn't react. And then all the blood starts pouring out underneath her, and he starts screaming. I mean, that shit is so funny. John Turturro, so what a great yes. scream. And then John Goodman comes and hides the body for him and immediately that's comes what, in because dude, he's been waiting he, all morning to like for him to wake yes up. oh yeah he's like and sweating. and he just starts bawling he's like you're the only one i know you're, when he when he has to leave the next day or whatever that shit is it but bro yeah he comes in the next day he helps get rid of the body comes in the next day with a box that could perfectly fit a head in it uh a well, head-shaped box and then hands it to him he's like i gotta go out of town for a few days but i want you to hold on to this it's and then um oh. charlie t- or no barton tells him like hey when you're in new york make sure you look up my family so you can get a home cooked meal yes it gives him the well, address he gives him the address yes and then he murders, goes and he murders all he goes and mur- he murders his he murders the other his entire other living his authors entire everybody that he interacts with in the movie he murders except well, for like the, the producer the, and the, yeah not the, the studio head but he the kills Bellhop, yeah he kills the girl that he hooked up with the writer and then he kills the drunk writer too. They yes. just mentioned that. And then he goes to New York. First, he, after killing the girl, decapitating her, putting her head in a box, he gives the box to Barton and then goes to New York and kills his family. <laughs> he just said a fucking well, lesson. Well, Barton is just sitting there with a freaking decapitated head next to his typewriter. And then Barton as far puts- as we know, they never show the box. They never open the box. And this other thing, like, you don't listen. So then he takes the cotton and puts it in his ears 
And then he writes the screenplay finally after all the procrastination. And then he writes like a giant screenplay. It's like a, yes. a stack that's it's like, like 120 papers two or, or pages. Three pages. No, it's bigger than that. It's like 200 pages long. Writes a giant screenplay like fucking. He basically writes Raging Bull, you know, when he says like, if you're a real man, you slap me and all this shit. Like he writes like the ultimate vile like awesome screenplay and it probably was an awesome movie but like yeah this isn't what they want this is not what they hired him for they don't want like a ultra hard-boiled movie for william beery or whatever the fuck this guy is like they want something that adam could pay attention to <laughs> yeah well also it's like something all rainbows and sausages <laughs> that movie sullivan's travels well, like- you know, where the guy's like, that's a yeah. very similar situation. That guy wants to make a movie for the common man and he wants to like make a movie for the real person. And he has to like suffer in the underworld of America in the depression era South. And like what he realizes at the end is that when he's in a chain gang and he watches um, a Mickey Mouse a comedy or whatever, he oh, yeah, just is like, oh yeah, they just want to see comedy because their life sucks. That's what the common man wants to see. They don't want to yeah. see dark and edgy, pretentious bullshit. They don't want to unless see it's Batman or something. Yeah, unless it's Batman. They want it, and that's pretty simple moral tale. Or the Joker, surprisingly, but even that's kind of like a watered down taxi driver, right? So mm-hmm. only in the Batman franchise does the common man explore the dark realities of the world. Yeah. <laughs> That get you, but um, yeah. So Barton writes the screenplay. He gets it to the studio head. The studio head is who loved him and is like kind of a maniac. Hates it. Says he'll never work in the business ever again. But he's got to keep writing for them. He's under contract forever. Yeah, he's like anything. Doesn't he say like anything you write, you'll never like. We'll just shelf. Which yeah, is a like, thing people do, your, right? The contents of your head. Is that a thing producers can do? Uh, I guess if you sign a contract, like but not like that. No. I mean, this is a this is a very maybe con- maybe for like a couple years or a couple scripts. I think it's like ex- a number of scripts. The yeah. extreme, the extremeness of this, of course, is over the top and exaggerated for yes. comedy, but and for yes. the Kafka quality. It's not a Kafka tale. It. Just drop it's the not, Kafka. It's not- <laughs> Wait, I, it's not, I thought we agreed that it was. Are you retarded? Kafka was Jewish. <laughs> That's about it that I can own. <laughs> All right. All right. Okay, forget it. It's not Kafka. Kafka. Um, so I don't even know. Before Kafka. that, he writes a screenplay. Ah, okay. And before he can deliver it, of I keep telling this out of order. So he finishes the screenplay, and then the cops show up and they're like, hey, Barton, you know, we didn't even talk about the first cop interaction. So the cops show up looking for John Goodman and they show him a picture. They're like, do you know this guy? And it's John Goodman in overalls, like getting his mm-hmm. mugshot taken. And he's in this like dirty, like Southern jail, all fucked up. And they're like, that's Munt. Carl Munt. Old Madman Munt. Madman Munt. He's a murderer, yada, yada, yada. And they're like anti-Semitic. They're like, Fink, is that a Jewish name? Mm-hmm. That part's funny. And then... um. <laughs> The cops come back. 
they're going to arrest Barton because of WP Mayhew has been murdered. And that's when John Goodman shows up, walks around the corner, has this bag, his traveling salesman bag, opens it up and takes out a giant shotgun. Immediately kills one of the cops. Just blasts him. Yes. And then starts running down the hallway and like fire is like following him down the hallway. And the it sucks they didn't have digital effects. Back okay. then oh, dude. Because he's the, okay. The one thing that, that also, they need to do is fix the wire that is igniting. There's like a. Oh, you can see it. There's like a, what's it called? A fuse. There's a fuse a on wick, the hallway. Yeah. yeah. Like that's lighting up. They could paint that out so easily digitally and do the effect. The same I didn't, way. I didn't even notice it. Damn, to be I honest, always I was look too busy. I'm sure I'd see it now. I was looking at the fire to see like how they did it, but okay. So yeah, they go into his room. They so go in they, the Barton Fink's room before this. Yeah. And they're, uh, and they read the and script. They just walk in and they, yeah, they're like goofing on the script, but then his mattress just covered in blood is right there. And they're like, Oh, what's up with that? Well, it's funny. Cause like, He's about one of the to cops hates the script, and the other cop is like, "I don't know, I kind of liked it." Yeah, <laughs> it probably is a good script. That's another funny it, thing about the movie. Yeah, yeah. He does the thing he wants too, but it doesn't actually accomplish anything. It makes things worse. He walks out with the script though, but yes. Anyway, but that, so so then the fire starts coming up from the thing. So he just lit the whole bitch on fire, the whole hotel on fire, and then got in the John Goodman and then got on the elevator and started going up. That's a that's like a fucking badass. Well he doesn't come out of the elevator. He comes around the corner. Oh yeah, yeah. Well either way, lighting a building on fire and then following the flame. That shit was dope. It's cool move. And then you think and then you sort of thing. And I feel like at that moment, I w- that's when I was like, I think he kind of likes Barton because he was like saving him. Essentially, he murdered the cops and like burned the whole place yeah, down. So bodies. Barton, so now Barton's get off. Kind of likes free. him. Killed his whole family. I mean, killed, you know what I mean? No, killed like, the woman he, he in his bed. He d- in, his, in a twisted way, in a twisted way, like he doesn't want to get rid of Barton because Barton's his little plaything. So he's not going to kill Barton Fink. Yes, yes, yes. But that's what I mean evil. by he like likes him in like a serial killer way. He's just like, I'm going to keep the, I'm going to really think, torture this guy. Let me ask you progress. Do you think Hitler kind of liked the Jews? No crippled. though. So he kind of <laughs> liked them. It would be like, uh, very, they're very sneaky. Jews. I kind of like them. He kept them around to make lamps and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what Is I mean? It's true. I'm not exactly sure. Most of his furniture was made out of uh, Jewish leather. So he kind of liked. I think you're thinking of Jewish leather. The guy. Ryan, I have some terrible news to tell you. I think think you're thinking of the guy the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is based on. And uh, no, there who, there was a Nazi oh, scientist no, who was right. known He's for right. making Gabe skin. Gerbils. He was making Gerbils. lamp 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 shades, shades. skin of you don't know this. William, this he's infamous right. Nazi William scientist. Who, who did Adam? Adam, who did it? Gerbils. Who done it? Who? Gerbils. <laughs> Gerbils and Johnson. Joseph Gerbils. Joseph Gerbils. Head of Gerbils, the baby food. That's right. The baby food company. Joseph Gerbils. He's Anybody stuck. ever call him that to stick it to the Nazis? You're wild. Joseph Gerbils escaped from um, Nazi Germany and 
was found hidden in Richard Gere's asshole. <laughs> yeah. Like an old German man, like how they hide out in Ar Argentina. Argentina. Exactly. A little gerbil. <laughs> a little German yeah, like, gerbil. A little there. gerbil with like blonde hair. And a little although swazi on its forehead. Well, yeah, a little shitty uniform. Joseph Gerbils. <laughs> Joseph Gerbils. That'd be a cool name for a gerbil. You think there's a Nazi with a like online who's like sad news today, guys. Joseph Gerbils died after just a week ago. <laughs> we celebrated his birthday and it's like a birthday party for with like a little cheese with a candle in it. Some busted looking ass gerbil. Not even a cute one, just a gross ass, like patchy. It's got mange. Yeah. Well, Hitler wasn't Aryan, you know what I mean? Correct. So the neither gerbil was, it looks like was, shit, but it that is still like a gerbil. Not it was Goebbels. But yeah, yeah. so we've Goebbels got a little tangent. A, hunk, a hunky guy? Yeah, let's go ahead. So, so then he goes he in. one he of the just, cops. Carl, Carl Monk kills one of the cops, and then he goes to the other cop, and I love this part. He puts the shotgun yeah. right up to his head. And this is where, like, I... You know, the Coen brothers, they're really, after Miller's Crossing, you know, like after Blood Simple, Raising Arizona, Miller's Crossing, and now with this one, they're so good at directing now. They know how to like hold on a shot and really make something like have impact. When he puts that shotgun right up to his head on the cop and goes, Hail Hitler. And then like, Oh my God, dude, the cop why? Yeah. screaming and just blows his brains out. It's so awesome. Was that, yeah, why well, did he say I, that? He was fucking with him. He was just crazy. Yes, he's mad mutt. Well, he's insane. Yeah, he was just fucking with him. Yeah, we just said Heil Hitler as like a crazy thing to say. Well, it's also like... Yeah. <laughs> but also those guys... Well, there's like such an anti-Semitic theme through this yeah, whole movie. Yeah. Like there was like but that whole back even, and forth. The cops aren't even Jewish. It's like... No, but like they were the, they were also being anti-Semitic towards Barton Fink. So again, in a way, he's kind of Barton Fink's little hero in this moment where he's like doing one little one ABC. little anti-Semitic quit where he's like, hail Hitler, pop. And then he's like, I uh, guess Munt, the dude. Munt or, is, is a German name, right? Oh, uh, I, yeah. Yes, and he's also yes. probably he also he could is, be he yeah, could be fucking a Nazi. Yeah. Well, it's also and maybe, he was from maybe, the maybe south he's just Hitler. like a hick from the south so yeah he probably 100 percent is a clansman but what if at uh, least he you know brother he played a clansman too what if he uh was saying heil hitler the way like a nazi would say heil hitler to another nazi that they had to out kill? of like respect yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like hey, we're both a tear comes down his face right before he pulls the trigger it's Did definitely a German name the coen brothers that this movie's it's a little confusing no stuff happens and you're just like why did that just happen and they're thinking about it and then the movie's already like off on a different yeah, what's thing. funny is adam is a coen brothers character he's the dumb guy who doesn't get it you oh, know what i mean uh, he's barton fink i get it i get it don't get me wrong what that's all we're doing is getting you I wrong i get or i, I guess get you're the, the one getting the movie wrong no i get it now i get it no. <laughs> discuss, hey look it's a confusing movie it's like it's kind of trippy yeah you got to talk about it it's a movie that you know you go at you, you gotta you listen talk to... about it when you're walking out of the movie you yeah but you talked about the it. exclusively the obvious parts so barton so barton fink what he was and this was a little confusing to me he was so he wrote he was and i don't know if you guys saw this but i think he was like a, a writer 
I think like, I, I think there's a metaphor for him being a writer or something. I don't know if they talked about it. I picked up on that. He's just a little perplexed because he relates so much to the Steve Buscemi character. He's overwhelmed. <laughs> crawling out of a crawling out of a hole in the ground. <laughs> that book is very hellish, right? That big, thick book. Oh my God. Yeah. That's like the sign in sheet. To, I was trying to look at all the names. I wanted and to then, freeze frame it and read all the names. It also says, uh, a day or a lifetime. Yeah, because it's like, like, are you a resident or a transient? transient. Now he's muted and he doesn't know. So Adam put his mute on <laughs> and then coughed and then on clearly. Mike. He he tried to mute his cough, coughed on Mike, and then did you see me looking at him? Be like, what? That's not super. How how did you make two movies, Adam? How are you? How did you not hit record? Film like ten minutes scene Adam's and then real and realize what? the you turn, when you hit record you you turned it off he's instead the, of he's on. The, he's the studio head stuff. adam is the studio head you know what i mean he gets shit done he orders people around mm-hmm. i'm a dom thank you william i'm a casual We're, dom we got one of the greatest bathing suits in movie history yeah that's cool His i got one of those one. i got one of those ones that goes real high up the, and the studio head nipples. is yeah, he's wearing that high-waisted oh, yeah. bathing suit with a, like a gold-plated belt buckle. Yeah, that's cool. So then Barton, so then Munt walks into Barton's room, and Barton is like handcuffed to the bed. And this is the best scene in the movie. This is my favorite part. And when he goes, he's he tells him it like it is, like you know, you're just a tourist with a typewriter. I actually live here. You come into my home and you complain. And then Barton's like, well, why did you do this? And then John Goodman screams, because you don't listen. And, that's, and that goes all the way back to the first So scene. good. So good. What you first? Oh, the first scene with John Goodman. You think my, I made your life hell? You think I annoyed you? Or whatever he says. He's like, yeah, you're just a tourist with a typewriter. I live here. Yeah. It gets so hot. And yeah, his ears dripping like the wallpaper. He plugs it up. Then he lets Barton go and he does that awesome thing where he like pulls the two bars. Now, this is like a wrestler. To, to let him go. Yeah. That's his wrestling metaphor. That so like John Goodman also says earlier, like, hey, maybe I'm you'll physically base your... strong or whatever. Yeah, but he also says, like, hey, maybe you'll base your wrestler on me. Right. Yeah. Most likely does. So John Goodman, you know, I think that's why it's not a boxing movie he's writing. Cause then like if you put well, they show clips of like wrestling wrestling. But you can't examples. But I mean like the metaphor of John Goodman as a boxer wouldn't make any sense. You wouldn't go like, oh, John Goodman, that's a boxer's body. No, he's a wrestler. So it all ties in. Yeah, the scene where he watches the wrestling dailies is awesome. It's like really horrifying. It's just it's like he's Barton's experiencing this like existential dread of just watching this like stupid movie of like a guy. It's good. Going, and like he's going to be on set having to deal with that if this movie gets made and it's like a million takes of the same line. And it the guy is not changing how he it's the same take. Well, over he's not direct over. No, and no dailies when he's watching the day like that's just a shitty whatever dailies he's watching is a I shitty will movie destroy you. yeah but he yeah, hardly yeah, changed it's it like just oh my yeah, god that was that, was, that was making me i was 
that was my hell i can't believe that wrestling movies are like a real genre it's very weird what do you mean there's a lot of really good wrestling movies like no holds barred it i mean i get it when like wrestlemania shit was happening and all that stuff and that was what's really the big. Com- what's the like, com- like the, the stoner comedy wrestling movie or whatever we already, didn't we already talk about how it's not a real genre no it is though because there you there's though there are a couple of old wrestling there's movies. like three. Oh, okay <laughs> i posted on twitter earlier today like a no holds barred from the ready 50s to rumble and a no, and a yeah no yeah from oh yeah ready 89. to rumble Ready to rumble, the wrestler, wrestling and then also big. then also the wrestler, the wrestler that may be the best, right, guys? Well, there there's is, an old Wallace one. Beery did play a wrestler in a movie called Golden Boy, directed by John Ford. Nacho like, Nacho Libre. Oh yeah, that's a wrestler. That movie's really good. Nacho Libre. But that's it. Yeah. The genre of the wrestling picture is nothing compared to the genre of the boxing picture, which was absolutely yeah. Correct. It's like a silly yeah. so genre much for sure. And it's like really hard to think of like a way to write a good wrestling movie because it's such a stupid. Yes, exactly. Wrestling is idiotic. Hey, we should wrap this up. All right. So Barton Fink gets let go. He goes to the studio head, shows the script. The script is bad. Yada, yada, yada. He goes to the beach. He says to the girl, just like, are you in pictures? And she's like kind of turned off. She's like, don't be. Why why are you talking to me, stranger? Don't be silly. And then she does, and then she turns and looks out, and then the bird dies in the water. So the yeah, hell that, that scene was so like so cool. And it's how like, they that was obviously a prop bird or some shit. Yeah, they, or no, just a dead bird. They just dropped from like above dead. the camera. It it dead. fell. It they did not dropped. dive into the water. It fell into the water. It was a dead bird. I'm just saying it's it so for, for the movie, they just used a dead bird. I know what Adam said, but dead. I dropped out of I thought it was, it's swimming in the water after it goes down it's like just, it, it's a kidding. bird that's flying and then goes down in the water yeah pelicans do oh that. see I yep. when I was watching it I saw I thought it was another little just a final little button of hell where the birds are just falling out of the sky dead and I then it goes you, hey maybe you're right this this movie is you know that's what you can do with these sort of Kafka movies so what's uh what's the meaning of this <laughs> let's put let's put the Kafka in the coffin okay Moral um, of the story? You got to listen. He frightens you, Ryan? You got, Is that why you, gotta, you wa- Shut up. You got to listen. That's the moral of the story. You got to pay attention. Yeah. You got to listen. You can't be a douche, okay? No, 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 no. You can't be a nimble moral- just taking a cable and wrapping it around your leg like a little girl who's born. Like a little girly baby boy. Who's born at camp. <laughs> just rubbing boogers off the top of their front lip and just tying Not even paying attention and not even getting that we're talking about them. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Oh my god! <laughs> you are literally Barton Pink, Adam. You should say I didn't learn the world. lesson of the movie. The lesson is, if Look, I got about anybody, in my opinion, me. yeah. If if anybody complains about me crying in the other room, I will murder everybody you know and love. For you. <laughs> That's what, that's what let a man about. let a man weep in peace okay be a be a common man if you hear a man crying you let that man cry and then later when you see him in the hallway you pretend like you never even heard or seen nothing let me ask mind you your question. business mind your the, business that's the moral of the story who was the dom and who was the sub well that's what i was saying was that each Goodman. relationship had a 
because like the producer was the dom but but bart but barton was the dom to john goodman and john goodman is normally or he's you know one of these guys he wasn't dominating john goodman he liked being the sub in the barton fink relationship you know what i mean he's a, a natural dom it's just like Adam. Barton thinks that he's the Dom, but he's obviously not. What? John Goodman's fucking with him the whole movie, and Barton's talking about how he's so mm, much smarter than him. Fascinating. Oh, no, the thing that you were saying about me. And that's like you. <laughs> you think you're a Dom, Adam? Adam, you're literally oh. wearing head-to-toe leather clothes. <laughs> <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta... <laughs> you're tied up. Don't let the gimp mask fool you. I'm a dog. Using Japanese rope <laughs> torture technique. You've got a you've got a trunk that you're about. Once you say go, your goodbyes, we're gonna watch you crawl into a trunk and shut it. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm a dog. Okay, I'm a dog. As a <laughs> you're just you're like in one of those like vacuum sealed. Um, restraints like, trust me where you're just like you're just like planted against a wall and you're just the shape of your body is poking through the vinyl okay i can see adam's side though he's a, dom. a dom. he's a dom because he's doing that but his wife absolutely hates it and keeps telling him to stop and he's like i won't because yeah. i'm the dom. Yes. <laughs> just sticking Bowers. things up his own butt he's just like butt plugging and she's like will Please you stop? stop will you untie your hands and sign these divorce papers please stop <laughs> He goes, I'm the Dom. You're doing great work, sub work, honey. <laughs> Thanks for letting me be the Dom. God. Good stuff. It'd be cool if there was like a reverse cuck situation where black couples hired Adam to have small penis sex with the wife while the. <laughs> it's just regular got, cucking. The, the husband jerked cuck. off his giant. giant yeah. <laughs> oh, oh Ad, they make Adam watch? <laughs> no, they make Adam have sex with the wife while they. Yeah, that's just have really cooking. like uh, no, have having really like unsatisfying sex with their wife. While oh, they jerk off their oh, dick. That's kind of a dumb move, actually. That's if kind of a cool idea. Do that. Yeah, That'd if any black cool. husbands do that, let us know. <laughs> I mean, Adam, you're looking, you're always looking for work, right? Yeah, that's true. When it's when we get 90 minutes in, we can start making jokes like this because no one's listening anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's either, it's either that you, or what, editing. What do you mean more. anymore? What's the ratings? What are our ratings? I think we're going back to back, back to back to back on five stars from me. Yeah, this nice is perfect. Too. That's three movies in a row. I did five stars. Yeah, I was I was waffling, but I feel like after this conversation, now that I get it, you were waffling. <laughs> Good for waffling you. Waffling a little bit. What, the, like what I, does that mean? I'd give it a five. Pretty you got a waffle you. brain. You were thinking what four? Thinking I was no, I was thinking four and a half. I go by halves. Good for you. Because it's very you can do four or less intricate if you don't, when I'm thinking. If you about didn't understand movies. what you watched, it's okay. Hey, you well, I, li- I like mysterious stuff. I like watching movies where I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't not a mystery. It happens a lot. Um, no. One what is killer it like in, the in movie? your brain, bro. Well, why are the fucking walls on fire and shit? <laughs> like. He set the walls on fire. And the, the, there's brain stuff behind the wallpaper. Like all that. Adam, okay. I'm very confused want, about that stuff. Adam, I want you to write a script. I'll figure out the genre. And then I will rewrite it and add absurdity to it. And then William will pay for everything in film. No, it. thanks. 
and then we'll see if Adam understands. <laughs> doesn't even want to like joke about getting roped into something like this. I don't want to look, listen it's to called the joke. The, it's called the Kafka's. The wacky William, sitcom, what's yours? Five stars as well, I assume. Yeah, this is five stars. This is one of my favorite Coen Brothers movies. If you haven't seen it, you got to watch it. Yeah, this is very good. Barton Martin Fink. Fink. Barton Fink. Barton John Fink. Goodman. Tight Steve ass R rated movie. This movie won the Palme d'Or at the Cannes Film Festival. It won Best Director and Best Actor. First time in history that ever happened. This was a big deal. And then it Best Director. Came best actor. Who, who, Best Actor? Who won? John Turturro. Yeah. And then it came out in America and it bombed. Which Cohen? Joel Cohen. Which Cohen won? (laughs) Joel Cohen. Back then, he was the only one credited as director. What is directing? Yeah, I saw that. I noticed that. Let's be honest. He's the real director. I bet Ethan's Ethan's the better writer and I bet Joel's the better director. That's why they're the perfect brothers. Based on Macbeth, that's what I'm going to say. There's one of the best brothers, I, I would say. One of the best. Oh yeah, we got lots of great of a of brother brothers, you know. We got the Hughes brothers. We got the Wachowskis. We got the Sklar brothers. Oh, William. We got piece of sh- William's a piece of shit. Turf. The Wachowskis. I said that. Brothers. They're, metaphor- they're metaphorical brothers. Okay. <laughs> we got. You're wiggling uh, your way out of this one. The, what about the pretty, Daniels? Pretty we got the Daniels. If you've seen the Matrix, yeah. at the end it says directed by the Wachowski brothers. True, true. I don't. That's know. their best I movie. Feel like this is bad. But what do I know? Not much. A flaw. What honestly? <laughs> what do you? That's the question of every episode. What would you say is your best subject? What do you know the most about? Yeah. Movies. <laughs> <laughs> no, my God. The saddest thing I ever heard. It's really bad. Oh, my it's God. You, you, miss a, you missed a prime opportunity as a dumb to, to say uh, women's climaxes. Oh, sub. Fuck. I mean, I think you're a sub, dude. You're self-deprecating humor. I think you're a sub, bro. Uh, that's why, you know, because I'm a dom and I'm so comfortable being a dom. I can do that. You're such a dom. You dominate yourself. Yeah. Look, I'm 6'4 and I'm. 190 pounds. Adam, just because you auto-erotically like fixate yourself, that's not dominating yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a dom. <laughs> that counts. Because you whip yourself for your religion to punish yeah. yourself for sinning. That's not dom. Um, you know who I like? Well, it is to me. I'm, I make the rules because I'm the dom. Okay. Isn't there what? a guy in... <laughs> The like wire named Dom. Yeah. That's me. I'm I'm him. I'm just like a I'm just like a Baltimore working cop who's bald. Okay. So while we're on the no, subject, it's... you okay, you are William, you are the producer from Barton Fink. Yes. Thank you. Adam is this is how I felt watching the scene where he fires his assistant after the assistant does something good. When Barton thinks like, um, he's like, oh, I haven't even start. I'm having trouble getting started. And the producer's like, what? You haven't even fucking started the script? Well, no, he's and, like, I don't want to share what I came, came up with. Yeah. And then he says that bullshit about like, I don't like talking about what I've in progress. And then the other guy goes all mafia on him. And he's like, if you don't fucking get this script, we'll fucking cut your fingers off, whatever he goes. And he's like, that's how he should have been. That's like a good assistant right there. 
and the producer turns around and just like berates him for yeah, interfering yeah. with the artist's work. So in that scene, William's a producer. Adam is the 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 bitch ass assistant that gets fired, and I always feel like Barton Fink recording this podcast. So I'm kissing and just your, specifically kissing in that scene. Yeah. You're kissing my shoe in that scene. Well, uh, Adam's getting great. fired. Yeah, no, Adam is doing what he's supposed to be and doing. I, and, and I'm just kind of bullshitting. And I'm just bullshitting yeah, William my, is, my life. I'm yeah, bullshitting you're right, life. honestly. I'm but a victim, too, of William. No, oh, I only meant the assistant because the assistant is uh, it's bald. <laughs> you dickhead. How could you say that on the podcast? tell them that i'm bald i just thought about it i didn't mean to it was not planned dude one time i was in a um weed dispensary and i saw my bald spot no you smoke i saw my bald spot in the security cam like tv oh do you actually have one it was it was a teachable moment why that's fine teachable moment who'd you teach and what'd you teach him (laughs) taught me something anyway wear hats yeah just own it something you gotta say william a teachable moment okay (laughs) what's the word i don't get it a humbling moment humbling yeah you don't have to have a joke if you don't have one just tell a story i did i just told a story yeah, but, then you to have to, but then you try to tag it with this bad joke. Look, I, I have a 90 minute thing. I'm really good for 90 minutes. And then, <laughs> well, when do you start? When are we starting the clock? I gotta Boom. go. I got Dude. stuff I have to do. I'm tired. Ryan is a I, like, that's just, I wanna also, like, hold on a second. I wanna point out that, like, <laughs> Why, why, the he's, people, he's, what do you listen Adam, to this why part? are you doing the dildo the hand <laughs> Let talk, the, fisted, the fisted hand <laughs> the duck bell um fuck oh, god damn it <laughs> <laughs> i am you i want the listeners to know that when they're hearing me on this podcast yes i found sound very stupid and annoying and just like i shouldn't be on a podcast but i have a baby right now i got a lot going on <laughs> you're so you're you're hearing me at the like the this lowest of my dumb behavior this is not dumb behavior <laughs> if you go to the early no, because i'm before, a, such a dumb i shouldn't say audience i'll say, say this go to the, listen to the first episodes where adam doesn't have a baby and tell <laughs> Yo, me what yeah. you think of the difference is he worse or also better? i'm not in it i'm not in the first episodes it might be better without me yeah, maybe maybe that was good. Who's to say? Who's anyway, to say? I should, no I one have can to go. say. <laughs> all right, the next audience. Month, we're doing bank robbery movies. We're watching all the best bank robbery movies. Oh like shit! I want to go see Ambulance. Well, it's, That's it's a new modern one, but bank robberies and friendship. That's the thing. Because oh, when wow. you when you rob a bank, you better go with your best friends because otherwise, so like a real the town type genre. No, not that garbage. They're friends in that, though, right? Yes. Look, here's the thing. It's complicated. Friendships don't usually last much longer after a bank robbery. That's the lesson of this of these yeah. movies. So that's our net. That's our whatever next month is. Yeah. Um, what tre- is next like, tre- month? Like Treasure of Sierra Madre. Every bank robbery movie is like that, basically. 
it's like where it like the fortune yeah dog day afternoon point break they're all just like treasures here oh okay they're treasure-based movies and like the 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 um dangerous the dangerous uh you know effects of treasure there's betrayal there's betrayal it's the no it's a treasure does does it somebody bitches be greedy i know hmm very fun, very true words. I want Ryan. them jewels, right, right? Bitches be greedy. Friendship lasts forever. Money, you're just gonna spend it. Yeah, that's the lesson of every bank robbery movie. I bet, I, yeah, let's see what happens. I bet we'll find out that that's true. What about a sperm bank robbery? <laughs> that would be funny. Oh, that's a fun idea. It's, it's like, like Ziploc bags. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like three like guys, the- three guys in short shorts and tank tops. It's like good sperm though it's like really it's like really special sperm they just like want to drink Jason it statham's sperm or something they just want yeah they just but they don't they just want to eat it <laughs> yeah. they're not trying to get pregnant they're not trying to make money they're just horny and they only the funny. finest sperm will do you know so like vampires with blood but this in this case sperm very much like blade yes very much like blade yeah what it it keeps the main character like immortal and that's how he parties yeah he's a day walker he is but he's just he's absolutely (laughs) disgusted by drinking it every single time but he's got to drink at least a gallon a day (laughs) so he's just going from town to town sperm banks trying to trying to survive doesn't actually do. oh yeah because he doesn't want to extract it you know the normal way no, he does. He he always tops it off with a little. Oh, and then he does it. Finds a guy and does it. That'd be cool if it was Adam who did that because he's like, no, I heard this so like, give you better posture. And then he yeah. he catches he keeps he keeps like a like a I'm dungeon full of people full of dudes and he has like a milking machine hooked up to all these dudes. And he's like a farmer and he dresses and up. He has a bucket in there. Yeah. And they're just all because like I'm the like people are just bend, all uh, anemic over, and like, like skinny no. and rare, like, uh, like a vampire's victim. My, just get, my posture just keeps getting nutting. worse too. Cause I'm like uh, bending ironic. over milking. Yes. He's just feeding them protein. Just putting a bunch of protein powder in a trough. Yeah, for his just... little nut slaves to eat. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be cool. I mean, a lot of guys would be into it. You know, see, look at that Barton Fink. We just wrote a movie in four seconds. Dom DeLuise <laughs> or uh, Danny DeVito's the boss. Adam's his personal yeah. assistant. No, Danny's Adam the Bowers Danny's like played. the Danny's like the Igor. Danny DeVito's like the Igor, and he just he manages I the barn. Blade. Like, I blade. He like dude. pitchforks. <laughs> he pick he pitchforks the hay in the. And the nut bar. Danny DeVito dressed like Chris Christopherson and Blade. I thought it was Blade. Yeah. <laughs> and he makes gadgets yeah, out of it. Yeah. He's like, these gadgets, he's, he's like, all the He's come. like the father figure. He gives me yeah. like a fuck like pocket pussy and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like things to get get it out. He's like invent, he's like inventing things on his computer, making like weird dildos. Instead and, of fighting. And using people. a 3D printer and, and printing them out. Instead of fighting like a group of people with like a sword and kung fu, he's just like getting people to nut, just jerking them off, like doing a bunch of taekwondo type stuff. <laughs> These guys that don't want to, ju- it's be like finger, off. finger, like, it's like fingers up, fingers up butts, and like just hitting the dude's spots. There's a big fat guy like Pearl, and he has to figure out how to lift up the belly to get to the gold. Vampires are just straight cis men. 
He's just in a bed. That don't aren't interested in that. At all. <laughs> He's just a blob in a bed. <laughs> and at the end, Adam has to kill Stephen Dorff by karate kicking a syringe with cum in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Into his balls, and his balls explode in a giant CGI mess. Oh yeah, I love what he explodes. It's just, it is sticky. <laughs> all right, that's Cut. the end. Of the yeah, no, I'm the right. I'm the regular blade. You just talked over the ending of the episode. Fuck. You're the regular blade. I'm the regular blade. <laughs> You're the regular. Just Adam in blackface. Cool walking black around with guy a sword. And a leather coat blade. With like a Bluetooth headset. Oh, I'd Some watch that if it was Oakley's. black and white on a tiny VHS. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah, let's talk. Yeah, the cum really pops on black and white VHS. Mm, I bet. <laughs>